Welcome, I'm Bill Young, the pastor at Sweat Memorial Baptist Church, and we are thankful you've joined us to listen to our weekly podcast. Through this sermon podcast, we hope to bring encouragement to your heart, help grow your faith, and inspire you toward a closer walk with the Lord. To learn more about our church, find us online at smbcwaycross.com or through Facebook and Instagram. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy the message. I know you as well as myself, I really, really, really enjoy the music ministry of this fellowship. It is just amazing. And I was sitting there thinking that if I were you, and even if I didn't like the preacher, I'd join for the music, amen? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I would. I'd join the church for the music. All right, I did change my watch. It is nearly 11, not 10, because, you know, I could get carried away here this morning. But 2 Kings chapter 6, in the Old Testament, some of you might have to flip around a little bit to find it. We don't go there in these places as much as we ought to. But 2 Kings chapter 6, and looking together at verses 8 through 18. I've got quite a few slides this morning, but they're short. They're just so that you can follow the train of thought. I may get ahead. Jerry Ray is projecting this morning. I may get ahead of her. She may get ahead of me, but I guarantee you we'll all finish together. Amen? We will all finish at the same time this morning. So you be aware of this. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 18. Wrestled with the sermon title, and the sermon title that finally just landed with me is that of panic intervention. I'm not able to follow everything that goes on in the world and the way God impressed this on my heart was I think it was last Wednesday night or something I caught the last of Dr. Jeffress of First Baptist in Dallas, Texas sermon and then he came on and was kind of promoting his, his tapes, his CD, CDs, DVDs and his book and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of like y'all. I was just kind of half listening, amen. I'm kind of like y'all. I was just half listening, amen. See, y'all even missed that whole thing. Look, friend, this is not my first rodeo, all right? <laughs> and, I, and he closed, he said, don't panic. And that stuck in my mind. And we know the world's in a state of panic, rightly so. And, uh, and, I, and the way the Holy Spirit works with me is immediately my logical, analytical mind, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit, starts saying, okay, why do we panic? What's the source of panic? How can we face things in life and not panic, you know? And God leads me then to a text that I pray will be very helpful to this morning. Whatever we deal with in life, whatever we're going through, whatever may come somewhere out there in the future, not just locking this into the moment that we're in, but I think it's a great, great teaching on uh, panic. And then I saw Dr. Jeffress again. Uh, I don't know why Fox interviews him all the time. I just keep waiting for the phone call, but it don't come, you know. Uh, But he is preaching today on, you know, how to handle these times, and he says he'll be preaching on prayer and on prevention. 
And so I think this is going to be a theme all across America today, you know, that, that we just, uh, you know, God's got this, friends. God's got this. So panic intervention. I've started to say prevention, but you know we're all already panicking, so let's have an intervention here today, all right? Let's have an intervention. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I'm excited about this word. It speaks to my heart. Every one of us face trials and tribulations. Every one of us face things that just happen and, and we're, just, we're just seized with that sense within us of what to do, where to go, what's happening. Uh, I don't know how to handle this. But your word teaches us, your word teaches us, you know, as Dr. Jeffers quoted on national worldwide television, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. And how grateful, grateful we are. Speak, I pray, Lord Jesus, now. And may we just leave encouraged whatever challenge we're facing. And I pray for people to be saved and revived here today. Forgive us of our sins. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 6 there, the mantle of the prophet of Israel has passed from Elijah now to Elisha. And what we have going on here in this passage of Scripture beginning in 8, I'm going to summarize it till we come to there at verse 14 and 15, and then we're going to study it phrase by phrase. And that is the king of Syria is warring against Israel. Boy, Ecclesiastes is right, isn't it? There's nothing new under the sun, is there? Syria is warring against Ecclesiastes. I mean, warring against Israel. Elisha, God reveals to Elisha all, all of the strategy of the king of Syria. And every time the king of Syria thinks he's going to surprise Israel, he's the one that gets the surprise. And finally, the king of Syria wants to know who among of us, of us is a traitor? Who's a whistleblower? Who's a leaker in my administration? And finally, they tell him, it's not any of us. But that prophet Elisha, he knows the very thoughts of your mind. And so the king of Syria says there in verse 13, go find him, go spy him out that we can go and get him. And so they locate him at Dothan. And in verse 14, it says, the king of Syria sent out horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. Let me go ahead and read the next couple of verses so that we have the context here. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed or surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant, meaning Elisha's servant, said unto him, Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What shall we do? And Elisha answered, Fear not. Here's one of those great verses that reminds us, For they that be with us, are more than they that be with them. Amen. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray you, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha then led them around and all were safe. 
What are the causes? What are the causes of panic? We will study that young servant and see how he handled this situation and how Elisha handled it. And I follow it in this order, I believe, and that is one of the first causes here in this passage of panic is spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness. I remind you, and I have said it for years and years and years since I first became aware of this concept, and that is that we have three sets of eyes. We have our physical eyes by which we maneuver around in the world. We have our intellectual eyes by which we understand and seize knowledge and it's kind of like in the cartoons when somebody finally gets it, a light bulb comes on and they say, I see, I see. But there's a third set of eyes and those are the spiritual eyes. Those are the eyes of the heart by which we see the things of God. What is happening here is the servant, the servant is seeing things at face value. All he can see is the enemy. All he can see is the threat. All that he can comprehend is the danger. He is looking with his physical eyes and he has calculated with the eyes of his mind, we're in a predicament. We're in a mess. We're in a trouble here. And if that's how we size up everything only with the eyes here and the eyes here at face value, we're going to panic, friends. We're going to panic. I think about the, the uh, group of people that went out camping, and as they were setting up camp and settling in, one of them said, I'm just going to take a nice walk through the woods. So he did. And a little while, he came running back into the campsite, and he was panting. He was anxious. He was panicky. And they said, what? what's wrong? And he said, whew, I thought I saw a snake, but it turned out to be a stick. And they said, what's the problem? He said, and I picked up a stick that turned out to be a snake. <laughs> we got to be careful at face value, friends. If we live our life at face value, we're going to be deceived. We're going to be anxious. We're going to be afraid and we're going to panic. And I hope you will understand when I say things like this, because when God reveals these things to me, then I'm like, hallelujah, you're going to like this next thing. The servant took things at face value. Elisha saw things in faith value. Amen. He's looking at the situation. He sees a lot of people. He knows this is a problem. But he knows. He knows here that God's going to take care of us in this situation. God is going to take care of us in situation. I see this with spiritual eyes. And I love it when an illustration like this from the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and it's a verse that I just love to go to because it's nearly like a riddle, it's nearly like a puzzle, and I keep thinking now, how do you understand this? And it's the definition of faith. Faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the conviction, you know the verse, of things what? Not seen. Faith, the eyes of the Spirit, we are able to see things that other people don't see. We are able to see things that have not yet happened. Amen? We are able to see things by faith that we believe in God. This is the way it's going to turn out. As in 2 Corinthians it says, 
We walk by faith and not by sight. And I think spiritual blindness causes panic. When we look at a situation, whatever it is, whatever it is, and if all we can do is look at it this way and this way and not be in tune with the spiritual eyes and faith in God, we're going to be afraid. We're going to panic. We're going to panic in that situation. Somebody years ago wrote this little article, and I don't remember who or why, but he named diseases that affect Christians and that we have to be careful of. Boy, I know I got your attention then. He'll play on words, he says, if we're not careful, we will be a victim of hardening of attitudes. And he says that when we have a hardening of the attitude, what we need there is what Zig Ziglar says, we need a checkup from the neck up, friends, amen. Then he says if we're not careful, we can also have cirrhosis of the giver. Cirrhosis of the giver. Did you get it? And the only way that we can deal with that is to have God touch our hearts in such a marvelous way that like Zacchaeus, we become tremendously generous. But the one I want to emphasize here is we can be a victim of spiritual myopia. You know what myopia is. Medically, it's nearsighted. The word myopia originated in the Greek, moved to the Latin, became immersed in English, and the definition here is myopia, not setting in an ophthalmologist's office or whatever. It is a lack of imagination. It is a lack of foresight. It is a lack of insight. And I spiritualize the definition. It is a lack of faith sight. Elisha, he saw by faith. We need to be seeing by faith. Good friend of mine, some of you may have met him through the years or the family, Doug Carter. From Alma, a tremendous, tremendous servant of the Lord. Doug is involved today in a worldwide ministry with John Maxwell and Equip going all over the world training ministers, training ministers in their country, in their heart language. Doug's written several books, and one of them that I go back to all the time is called Big Picture People. Big Picture People. And he begins with a story of a circus coming to town, and I see an early American Norman Rockwell kind of town. Circuses would come to town, they would parade down Main Street, they would go out to an open field, they would set up, and then the people would begin to come out there for the circus. This little fellow wanted to see this parade so bad, but the crowd was so thick he couldn't get to the edge of the street. And so he began to run up and down, and finally he locked on an idea. There was a fence running along there by the sidewalk. He went behind the fence, he found a box, he stood on it, and he watched the parade through a knot hole. That night, he went to the circus. He didn't understand a thing he saw because he viewed a circus through a knot hole, friends. And I'm telling you, some of us are looking at life through a knot hole, amen? And we need to be big picture people, people who see by faith. One of my favorite exchanges in Alice in Wonderland is where Alice and the queen are talking and the queen challenges Alice to believe impossible things. And Alice says, there's no use trying. One can't believe impossible things. And the queen says, well, you've obviously not had much practice. 
Why, when I was younger, I would practice half hour a day. And some days I would believe six impossible things before breakfast. Faith is believing the impossible. And Matthew 19 tells us that with men things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. Cause of panic is a lack of the eyes of the heart, seeing by faith, taking things at face value, not believing that God can do the impossible. That's what was happening with the servant. All he could see was the problem. Thank God Elisha could see the solution. Amen. He could see the solution. I think there's a second thing that can cause us to panic, and it's present here. Spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia. We see this in verse 15 and 16. In verse 15, after the servant surveys the situation that they're in, his response is, alas, my master, what are we going to do? That is his response to that. The servant is forgetful. He has experienced spiritual amnesia. I don't know how long this servant has been with Elisha. The prophets of the Old Testament had their disciples, just like Jesus did. Now, Elisha had a, a main servant, and his name was Jehazi. And you know the story of Naaman the leper coming to Elisha for healing. And Elisha tells him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. He didn't want to do it, but finally he did and he was cleansed. And, and Naaman, a, a great warrior, offers Elisha all kinds of rewards and bounty and he doesn't take it. And just as, as Naaman gets out of sight, Elisha's servant Jehazi chases him down and begins to ask for clothes and money and silver up to an amount of nearly $10,000 in our day. When he gets back, Elisha says, where have you been? Jehazi says, I hadn't been anywhere. And Elisha says, don't you know my heart went with you. I know what you did out there. And now you will have to carry Naaman's leprosy with you. So that ended Jehazi as Elisha's servant. So we're in a new servant here. I can't find his name anywhere. Maybe I didn't look close enough. But I guarantee you that this is a servant that Elisha trusted. Elisha promoted to his right-hand person. And I can guarantee you that this servant had seen God at work already. You follow me? He'd seen him at work. Just go back and look at the things that had already happened in Elisha's early ministry and this, this servant would have seen it, but he forgot it. And it's kind of like, God, what have you done for me lately? He's got spiritual amnesia. He can't remember all that God has done in the past. But praise God, Elisha's faithful. Elisha hadn't forgotten all that God's done and Elisha's the one that says to him, don't be afraid for they that be with us are more than they that are with them. And in the New Testament it says, he that is in us, what is greater than he that is in the world? Spiritual amnesia. 
If we forget his goodness, I looked up the word forget in a concordance. It's amazing how many times it says, forget not, forget not, forget not the goodness of God, what God has done, what God has done for all of us. Do not forget these things. Elisha had seen God at work. He never forgot it. And he knew that God was going to work in this situation. My friends, God is faithful. And I want to think about what's called wow God moments. In the Old Testament, and it should be today, you know that it was a long time before we had all of this. You know. And how did we get it? We got it by what is called oral tradition. And that is, every day, the faithful of Israel would remind one another what God has done for them. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses says to the people, when you get into the land, don't forget who did all this for you and talk about it when you're sitting around at night and not playing on a video game or watching television, amen? Not playing on a video game or watching television, amen? Are y'all sleepy? I will be in about 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm not sleepy now, I can tell you that. Talk about what God's done. When you get up in the morning, talk about what God's done. When you're walking along during the day, talk about what God has done. You know, it's been well said that those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat its failure. I have edited this too. And that if we forget what God has done for us, then friend, we're going to miss the successes too. I want to give you some examples here. Let me tell you what the wow God moments are. We're good. Keep her right there, Jerry. If you listen, and I listen to Christian radio, and this always got me in trouble, preaching at First Baptist when you're on the cub and you advertise the promise 100.7, you know. They never cut me off. But on Wednesday, they play wow God moments, if you're familiar with it. And people call in during the week and they record how God showed up and showed out in their life. And oh my goodness, it's amazing. It will cause you to praise God when you hear these wow God moments. Let me just survey a few wow God moments in Scripture. Israel had wow God moments. Sometime, go to Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 18. This is Joshua's Closing address to the people. He's led them into the promised land. The conquest is nearly complete. Next now it's time to appoint judges and begin to get some kind of organization. And Joshua tells them. And this is, this is a litany of the people of Israel to this day. Remember when we were in Egypt. Remember how God sent Moses to us. Remember the plagues. Remember the Red Sea. Remember the wilderness. Remember the manna. Remember the quails. Remember crossing the Jordan. Remember coming into the promised land. Remember all of the victories. Don't forget these things. And I'm telling you now, a devout, 
Jew can recite to you the history of wow God moments in the history of the nation of Israel. David and Goliath. When David faced Goliath, he was not intimidated. you know why? David didn't have spiritual amnesia. David had wow God moments and when they ridiculed him, David said to his brothers, David said to King Saul, while I was tending my father's sheep, a lion came, a bear came, and I mean, I struck them both down and I rescued the lamb from the mouth of the lion. And the same God, Jehovah God, who did that, is going to deliver me from that giant today. See, spiritual amnesia, if we forget his goodness, friend, we're going to panic. But David, a boy with a slingshot. And how many stones? Five. You know, somebody asked me one day, you know why he took five stones? And I said, no. And he said, because Goliath had four brothers. And they were going to, he, David went to take care of business. Amen. He went to take care of business that day. And then when David faces Goliath, and Goliath is ridiculing him. What does David say? The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's and he's going to deliver you into my hand today. How did David do that in the face of panic and fear? He had a wow God moment. What about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul, we love that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but do you think that happened to him overnight? No, the Apostle Paul says in verse 11, I learned to get to this point. I've had enough and then I've not had enough. And I've been in want, I've been in need, but I've had more than I needed. And I'm telling you, I have learned that whatever, whatever state, circumstance, or situation I'm in, that I, I can do it. Why? Because I've had wow God moments. Let me tell you, friend, America. Israel had wow God moments. But I'm afraid that we have forgotten that the United States of America exists today because of wow God moments, friend. I am convinced that we are the promised land of today. I'm convinced of that. And I am convinced that we got where we are because of the goodness of God. Proverbs says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Some debate but I've not seen any evidence to the contrary that that 19th century French diplomat that we quote in patriotic musicals so much, Alexis de Tocqueville, in visiting America, wanted to find out what the greatness of America was. And you know, he visited campuses. He visited the halls of government. He visited industrial complexes. He saw the majestic mountains. He saw the mighty rivers. But he said, I did not identify America's greatness until I went into their churches. Woo! And the pulpits were aflame with righteousness. Man, I got chill bumps. Whew. This is a Baptist church. I'm going to settle down. This is, and I am a Baptist. I am a Baptist. But sometimes I cross the line a little bit. Glory to God. Are we having fun yet? Yeah. Hey Amen. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. 
And Tocqueville said that America's great because America's good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. And I'm not doing anything political here, but I sure wish that MAGA hat stood for Make America Good Again. Make America good again, and that's what will make America great again. I'm telling you, but let me tell you, the greatest wild God moment of all eternity is the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is, whatever comes, look back to the cross. Even though they killed him, he came back. And I'm going to tell you, friend, as much as they try to shove him out, Jesus is going to keep coming back, he's going to keep coming back, and he's going to keep coming back. Amen? And God willing, tonight I'll be preaching the Day of Reckoning, which is a take on R.G. Lee's great sermon, Payday Someday, friends. There's a Day of Reckoning coming. The cross is the greatest wow moment. Now, I'm watching my time. We're coming to the end. This is important. This is Im- Well, see, I'm watching it because you are too. This is a great challenge to you. Your God moments. Your God moments. This servant had spiritual amnesia. He forgot all the great things of God. And so he panicked. Just like the people of Israel would talk and would work and tell their children about things. We've gotten out of that. May we as families today remind our children of wow God moments in our life. A time together, a time to share of wow God moments that reminds us that God's in control. And so why do we panic spiritual blindness? Why do we panic spiritual amnesia? And there's a third thing, and this is the glass, and that is that servant was experiencing spiritual anemia. You know what anemia is, weakness, the lack of power, the lack of strength. And when he sees the situation, his response is, we can't fight this. Notice, we, we can't fight this. Well, if he was ever right, he was right there. He can't handle that situation. He says, we can't fight this. But Elisha, in saying, fear not, for they that are with us are more than that they are that are with them. And you know this phrase is dear to me. Elisha was saying, God's got this. Amen. God's got this situation. And he did not worry about it. I survey again some things. Joshua and Caleb, the 12 spies have been sent into the promised land. You know 10 of them came back with a fearful report. They're giants in the land. We were like grasshoppers. We can't go in. The people are all upset. But Joshua and Caleb stand. And you know what? In essence, they said, God's got this. Let's go. Let's go in. Don't be afraid. God's got this. David and Goliath. We go back. How was David able to stand there? Because he knew God's got this. God's got this. Jesus in facing the cross. In John 2, he says, as he points to the temple one day, this temple will come down. 
but in three days I'll rebuild it. They said, Lord, how are you going to do that? It took 46 years to build this temple. And then it says Jesus was talking about his death and that three days later he would be raised. The only way Jesus was able to go to that cross because he knew in his heart, God's got this. My Father has got this. Friends, panic intervention its not just whatever's happening in the moment. Who knows what any of us are going to be facing? Who knows what any of us were already going through? But let us remember the eyes of faith. Let us remember those wow God moments and let us remember that God's got this and then we will have to make a decision. Fight or flight. Prevail or panic. And I'm one that believes that if God brings you to it, He will see you through it. One last story. Jim Griffith, who was once our executive director of the Georgia Baptist Convention, he used to do the humorous article in the Christian Index, Pulpit to Pew. He wrote a little book, very encouraging, a very motivational kind of individual. And in writing it, he started by telling a story of a rescue mission, and I could relate to it because I used to preach at the rescue mission in downtown Macon when I was a student at Mercer. I'd go down there and I'd preach. Late in the afternoon, it was for men, this rescue mission, they would line up for supper and a bed. But like here, they had to hear me first. Amen. They had to go to church with me first. And so, in this story, Dr. Griffith is telling about this preacher at a rescue mission, he was pumping them up. You can do this. You can do this. You can be better than what you are. You can live a good life. You can do this. You can do this. And from the back, some poor fellow hollered, well, what if you can't? And the answer Sure you can. Sure you can, friend. Panic. Panic. If God brings you to it, He will see you through it. Thank you again for joining us on the Sweat Memorial Baptist Church podcast. We would love for you to join us in person for worship each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Waycross, Georgia. Connect with us online through our website, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great day.